Vorige keer bij Almost Heroes. Uh, we picked up while Glenn is watching over Luther's house. He grabs the burning coin from his pocket and is being tugged northward in a time lapse of travel, arriving atop a blizzarding mountain outside a familiar stone temple door that is connected to the draconic key. Uh, he hears a stranger's voice reaches out to Glenn and attempt to barter his cooperation to deliver the key to the temple door and deliver what is in the temple. Postponing to agree to the stranger's ultimatum, Glenn is left alone atop the mountain. Glenn wanders away from the door to explore the region he is stuck in and encounters Luther, but is unable to make contact with him due to this unknown magic that has brought Glenn here. Wandering back to the door, Glenn re-engages the stranger and reluctantly accepts to deliver the key. During Rangrim's dream, he finds himself dreaming of frolicking underground through a field with Cosmo, who is dressed like Glenn, when suddenly he turns around finding himself alone in darkness with black machinery and the red eye peering down at him, calling Rangrim to join them. Then being gripped into the eye's tentacles, it calls again to join their cause or risk his power being taken away. In Cosmo's dream, he finds himself in a childhood memory where he has wandered off into Goldengrim and into Morden's temple where his statue and his clerics are seeking a sign from Morden. Cosmo hears the clerics muttering amongst themselves as we leave, isn't he the one who was born that night? What a curse to be born the night of the Sundering. After waking up, the group meets up in the morning, sharing their previous night's experiences over at the Matic. Uh, the group decides to have Rangrim send a message to Luther via sending. Luther warns the group the danger the key brings to them and tells them he will be back in three days. The group suddenly hears the bells toll from within the mines, and that is where we left off. Thank you very much, Bobby. That brings us to episode 33 consequence we pick up with our well-rested almost heroes sitting at their regular table with the pneumatic tavern enjoying a few breakfast ales uh, when the sound of an all-too-familiar ringing of a bell calls their attention to the once-sealed boulder fist mine that has begun to swing open. So, what do you all do? Uh, sitting at the table, having our breakfast ales, as you so politely put it, Rangrim pulls his hammer and looks to Cosmo like, do, do we do something? Uh, I'm not sure what the protocol is at this point. Well, uh, I told Chesk that he could open the mine, and uh, if something happened, to let me know. So uh, I reckon that's him letting me know. So I gotta, I gotta go. You can follow if you want. And then Cosmo like gets up, finishes his drink, and begins to uh, make haste towards the mine door. Well, you're not gonna catch me not falling. Ramrim's gonna like pick his tankard up and like basically chug it at the point it is, and then like follow Cosmo. Uh, Glenn, the constant gentleman, just leaves his drink because he doesn't have a problem. Just stands up and walks away. Follows him. He's just thankful he doesn't have to drink Tom's bowel again. I'm this glad morning. I'm not being forced to drink more shit. <laughs> He's like, yeah, actually that's that better. One. Yeah thankful that Glenn's able to not forcibly drink this last drink. He stands up and starts walking, following the guys. Um, but as that's happening, um, he's going to send Poe 
to just circle above Tin Town, specifically above Luther's Legends, and Poe will alert the guys if anyone goes to Luther's Legends before they do. Okay. So he's um, just on sentry to see if anybody goes there. Yeah, roll me a perception for Poe. We'll just use that as a general. Balls. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, 17, I think. Other. No, crap. Where was it? Where did I say it was? The super handy tool that lets me keep track of my... Yeah, 17. Sweet. Um, yeah, that's good. So we'll just use that as a general... Uh, 18, sorry. We'll just use that for kind of like the passive Poe flying around. And if anything is going to be seen, uh, Poe will see it. Um, I will say that uh, as Poe's flying around, uh, there's no like alert. Like it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people kind of out in front of the mine. Um, so that's, I mean, you take that as you will. Um, but yeah, you all are able to uh, kind of like rushing down to the front of the Boulderfist mine. Um, you see uh, kind of two forms there and they seem to be kind of like uh, bickering with each other, and uh, one kind of seems to push each other, but they look like two uh, like humanoid guards that are wearing the garb of Boulder Fist uh, Mining Company, kind of just just it, like silhouetted, uh, kind of inside this like partially open door. They pushed each other like combatively, or they like bounced into each other. They seem to be kind of. Uh, there seems to be a little bit of a. Uh, a quarrel going on there nothing crazy but like kind of like you see one of them like push the other one as if they're having some sort of argument uh or you know something of that sort uh, you see that there's uh, some sort of uh you know seems like some sort of i don't know combativeness between the two of them. as as glenn sees that he like runs up between the two dwarfs and puts his arms over his shoulders like gazo up to a great start today just keeps walking towards him <laughs> what glenn i'm right here hi I was gonna say, man, new. We just reopened the the mines, and all of a sudden, they're already fighting. It's, it's great. It's like old times, right? Right. What uh, What happened, boys? Um, so as you're getting closer, you you start hearing this like uh, th these these two voices that do sound uh, slightly familiar, especially one of them that goes, "I, I told you, Gary, you shouldn't have you, you shouldn't have rung that bell. You're gonna get everyone out here in town down here." I I and the other one uh, just kind of responds like. I just wanted to make sure it worked. I, I, it's been so long. I didn't know what was still working. I didn't know if it was like broken. I don't know. Have you looked in there? The shit is like not good. Yeah, but, and they like, they kind of hear you coming from my, see, look it, you got them all down here. and They're all riled up. Boys, if you like to keep your job, you'll explain to me what's going on. Well, what, what, who, who is it? Who's, who's getting it? What, what? Uh, so is, is something Greg happening? immediately points at Gary and is like, he did it. Well, thank you for tattling, but you'll see the same punishment if you don't start telling me why you rung the bell. Uh, Gary definitely thumps uh, Greg on the back of the head, uh, as <laughs> the back of the helmet, which kind of makes a, like, a nice hollow, like, dong noise. Um, uh, uh, Gary, <laughs> and Regram kind of turns and puts his back to it and pulls some stuff out of his uh, beard and starts rolling up his foot for himself. Sorry, sorry, boss. Um, I, yeah, I didn't mean to alarm anyone. I just, I was just seeing and making sure the bell still works, which now in hindsight seems kind of like a dumb idea. 
But since you all are down here, maybe we don't have to go walk into this terrifying, scary mine. Maybe you all want to go in there instead and make sure that everything is dead and not going to kill us. How? As Rangrim's like holding his slip to Glynn at this point, don't want to do it. Glenn doesn't even like pick it up with his hand. He just like hits it from his hand and goes, yeah, it sounds like your job. <coughs> yeah, no, mine. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. That, that, that's, total, that's totally fine. I There's no problem with that at all. Here's how we do this. I'll help you along, but you walk in first. Um, you see... Well, that, that implies we gotta walk in behind him, and I hate that. Well, you can stay in here if you want. You just stand right well, here. Stay in here. Glenn, you stay in here? Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> you see uh greg take a kind of a step more towards you all and uh kind of turns towards facing gary and goes yeah as he said after you um and then with uh, a decent amount of kind of like looking uh like not awestruck but just kind of on the spot for a second and kind of scared uh down to his very core uh, you see Gary turn and kind of slowly start making his way, torch in hand, uh, kind of lighting it along the way, uh, makes his way towards the very dark opening of the once sealed uh, Boulder Fist mine. Um, which, so are you all kind of like, as Wait, he it, kind of disappears? Gary or Greg who goes in first? Uh, so Greg is the one with the with the super cool voice. Uh, Gary is the one who rung the bell. So Gary's going in first. Okay. Uh, Gary was also one that just got saved from the Evan Depths too. So. Yes. <laughs> he's, uh, he's recurring in, yeah. in the worst kind of ways. He's a glutton. 100%. He's a glutton for punishment. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you're going to have, if you're going to have guards, give them names. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, thoroughly thought out. And I mean, they are the, they are the deepest characters, characters in this whole campaign so far. Um, mm-hmm. So as Gary kind of disappeared, not disappears through the entrance, but kind of like, like, goes into the darkness past the open front doors. How far behind them are you following? Cosmo's pretty much right behind him. He's uh, yeah, about uh, probably about 10 feet back with, with Rangrim. I'm like kind of holding Rangrim back. And, We're uh, still kind of like passing the thing occasionally. Yeah. Following, and I, following behind. I whisper over to Rangrim like, hey, Rangrim, follow my lead. And I just like casually just kind of like keep like a 10 foot distance. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, just to describe kind of what you're seeing as you're entering in this room. So the last time that you were in, uh, basically f- between the first, uh, I'm sorry, the third gate and the second gate, I will never get that correct. Um, basically, uh, the final gates there between the, se- the, the, the third gate and the second gate, um, Basically, the wall had been blown half apart uh, with that uh, bag of holding full of uh, bombs that had inverted and created a small black hole that had essentially ripped apart half of the wall and also dissolved, uh, basically unmade the hive, uh, the burrow or like hive queen. Um, And so basically, as you're walking in here, you can see that there is like that bottom half of the body still slumped over the wall. Uh, You also see that the ceiling has mostly come down uh like there are massive chunks of boulders that are maybe 15 feet some of them even that are just like chunks of the ceiling have just like fallen to the ground uh smashing 
uh, most of the burrowers and things like that that had tried coming through the doors. Um, you are able to like pick your way through some of these like smaller gaps in between these that are like maybe five foot gaps. Uh, but for the most part, you just see like gore and chunks of the ceiling uh, pretty much all around you. And just like the remnants, these very quiet remnants um, of this like climactic battle uh, down in this mine. Well, see, boys, that's not so bad. It's not so scary in here. Uh, Gary walks, is kind of like walking around and looking like peeking around some of the rocks. He's like, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it seems to be totally fine. This, there's absolutely nothing to, and then he's tackled sideways uh, by a form and disappears uh, behind one of the rocks. Uh, basically, as you're walking through this little this little alleyway, uh, you see this dark form uh, tackle them sideways, uh, and you can no longer see Gary uh, or his lantern, uh, which has kind of gone with him. Uh, what do you all do? Oh, Cosmo, you got that one figured out, right? Right. Well, come on out. There's, there's, that's enough playing. Come on out of there now. And then Cosmo just goes to wander around the corner to see uh, where he went or whatever. The around the side of the, yeah. Uh, you get around the side of the rock. Uh, this like big chunk of the ceiling that's essentially like it's almost like you're walking through a extremely rough, uh, almost like a canyon, like very small, very like narrow like canyon. Think like um, Antelope Canyon or something like that, where you're like walking through this kind of like, but they're just chunks of rocks that have fallen from the ceiling that are kind of uh, hemming you in all around. And you get around this rock and you can see a extremely extremely uh, petrified Gary who is being uh, held to the ground uh, by one of these smaller burrowers uh, that is like pinning him with its like sword arms to the ground and is just like dripping maw uh, right over Gary's face. Uh, and whose face is open in a uh, silent but very real screen. Uh, Cosmo, quickly seeing that there's a thing, pulls his war pick off of his back, runs, and, like, golf chunks this thing. Um, roll me uh, the attack. Boy, Cosmo, I was, everything's totally normal over there, right? Uh, so it is a 25 to hit. You know what? Just might. Just, just barely. Just, just barely. You just, you just graze it. Right. It is a whole 10 damage. Okay. Uh, how does it die? Uh, Cosmo using the, uh, like, blunt Matches side. <laughs> the blunt side of his war pick is just full and just, like, smashes the thing straight. Like, like, like Gary set it up on a T. Um, so I'll say that you're you're not really able to get to the head because it's on the opposite side of you, but you're able to get it right in the meaty part of the body. Uh, and this thing basically just bends around your uh, your war pick in a uh, uh, pretty much in a V, uh, and you can feel its like spine and body and everything just kind of crunch uh, as it goes. It kind of like gives this bestial kind of like yip and just like slams against one of the other pieces of stone and it falls to the ground uh, with. Just like that similar purple ooze, like uh, which you know to be acidic, uh, just kind of dripping from its mouth uh, and does not seem to be alive. Uh, and a very scared Gary is still on the ground, just like looking straight up in the air and in his mouth open in a, a soundless scream. Glenn, Glenn turns to like the little corner down the hallway and he's just like, Gary, get up off the ground, man. You're looking like an idiot. <sighs> and hands it back to <laughs> uh, Rangram. 
boss, I, I think I'm going to need a new uniform. I may have ruined this one. And uh, Cosmo coming up to pick him up off the ground. She says, well, I guess you uh, need a wash then. Yeah, I, of, of one of many things I need right now. Are there still, like, things coming up from that uh, opening in the mine? The um, other side. So, from what you can see and what you can hear, things are, uh, just from your passive perception, Rangram, especially yours being really good, unless you all want to do an active perception checks, um, sure. things seem pretty quiet in here. You can hear, like, like sounds of like things settling but like for the most part this thing's been closed and sealed for a little decent amount of time now um and it doesn't seem like there's a ton going on it might have been just like a straggler <laughs> survived just for s's and g's rangrim is going to look at gary was it was it gary that fell yeah gary yes. was the one that fell but get yourself on your feet boy run like maybe a hundred feet down the uh mine and swing his hammer to the ground and cast wall of fire rad and making uh, a literal wall of fire just nuke the mine <laughs> that uh, if anything wanted to come past it it's going to get burnt up so if we're looking at um if you all are kind of like in this makeshift kind of labyrinth behind, between uh gate two and gate three um are you casting it between like basically blocking off the rest of the mines so, like kind of running along gate two uh and just keep anything else from being able to come up uh, momentarily yes because with wall of fire i can designate a side so everything right. on the opposite side of it takes an additional i think it's uh two d two die ten uh okay. damage when they enter it and then when they pass through it roll me um Hmm. It's a whole lot of damage. Roll me a uh, a d twenty just to see um, just to see what. Let's just let's just do a straight up down d twenty roll. Sixteen. Okay, that's that's really good. Um, you cast this wall of fire and kind of like I'm gonna say that you're able to kind of like weave it through some of these pathways and just kind of like uh, in blocking off like just basically like kind of weaving around these uh, these chunks of rock that fall into the ground and just kind of like whipping this little wall of fire this 30 foot wall of fire around in this area blocking off uh, any of the open areas um, and even with the direction you have it facing right now uh, you hear like three distinct shrieks uh, similar in tone to the uh, the one that you uh, you just heard when Cosmo uh, killed that very small burrower um, and roll me damage for that Similar tone and volume, as it well, it is uh, twenty foot high and at least one foot thick and up to twenty foot in diameter. How how far across is this tunnel? Uh, at least that, right? Yeah, I'll say it's I'll say it's pretty wide. So what I was thinking is because this um uh and this is and totally tell me if this is different than what you want to do, but like I was thinking because like from your spot you can cast this like wall of fire and like kind of having it go around in all these uh, passageways between these chunks of rock um, and could kind of potentially clear out some of these uh, these burrowers if they're still there. Does that work for you? Yeah, for the most part, he was just kind of just right across like the face. Like if he <laughs> hit some of these other creeps in the process, that was a bonus, but he was cool. mostly setting this wall across the general. Oh, vicinity. right. Okay. 
Yeah. So okay. So you're you're doing it on the actual wall itself to kind of block that off. It's kind of a straight off. Cool. Uh, it's up to yeah. Twenty feet high. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So roll. Just roll me some damage then for that. Sixteen damage. Okay. So what I'm going to say happens is, uh, for one thing, uh, you'll get to tell me how they die. Um, but I'll say that you you set this fire on this wall uh, that is where that like big chunk of the wall was missing. Uh, it covers that section as well. And uh, where the half bottom half of that hive queen was at. And it seems that there were maybe three, uh, a few uh, actually either feeding off of it or hanging out over by the remnants of that hive mother. Uh, and uh, yeah, how do they all die? Like immediately immolated, just woof, like their whole bodies just burst into flame as that the fire on that one side of the wall just kind of just bursts outwards and it seems to immediately just incinerate them almost immediately and filling the chamber with a, a pretty acrid smell of like i don't really know what burning brisket <laughs> burning acid burning poison but yeah so uh you absolutely like this the the burning husk of uh half of the hive mother as well as a couple of her uh, so john that's what it there. smells like that's what it smells like 100%. now that gary's dust himself off clean kind of walks over is like pats him on the back it's like come on gary we just got gotta go just past you know the giant dead thing and clear out whatever's left you're doing a great job so far just keep on leading the way and it's kind of like pat shove him on the back and like lead him back door down towards the i mean kind of towards the wall of fire but assuming it's going to be put out as he gets closer so as you all are getting closer to the wall, the, um, the chunks of rock seem to be more consolidated to towards the opening. Um, so it kind of frees up a little bit there and there's like smaller chunks of rock, but there's like larger openings between them. So uh, the gate still shut. Uh, and basically, as you know, the, the magic that was on this, this wall, whatever ancient magic had been on it, had been disrupted and broken by uh, the walls basically being unmade uh, and blown apart um, when that when that bomb uh, went off. So, uh, you know, uh, if, if you want to open the gate to go past it, you can, uh, but at this time you're kind of standing very near Rangam's wall of fire, uh, but also kind of just in front of this very closed, most of a gate. Um, was, so the, the wall itself had like an inner workings, right? It, mm -hmm. Can I do like a quick run through to see if, you know, maybe anybody got left behind or there's anything any creatures or any people left in the wall. Um, not like the doors, but like the actual parts where you can like climb up and whatnot. Just yeah. So there's, there's like a, um, there's for one thing, there's, there's either stairs that go up to the top as you know, cause you got stabbed by Regali up there and that's Never when happened. she, that's, that's when she threw the bombs that blew the, the gate apart. That's um, really who he's looking for. That's kind of who I'm trying to kill. Uh, actually, that's an interesting thing. Um, Rangrim, you would know that, kind of over by where the hive mother was at against the wall was where you had thrown regalia uh, along with her uh, the scarf that you had like given her wrapped around her and then kind of thrown her out of the way as a very enlarged rangram had fled from the mine um this is just for your own knowledge like technically over in that area would have been where was the last time she was seen um but for Glenn, uh, there is there's staircases going up to the top, uh, kind of back and forth staircases that go up. Uh, and there's also doors on the inside of the mine uh, or of the wall that go to an inner section of the wall uh, as well that kind of has like some quarters and storage and whatnot. Um, 
I wouldn't really be necessarily looking for any like items because I'm assuming it's like it's the Boulder Fist guards. It's not like any like no one's leaving their valuables there. It's just kind of like where they stay when they're on guard. Um, also, you probably any, stolen any anybody like that's true. Yeah, any like any refugees that like maybe got stuck behind or like anybody that's like kind of trying to hide out there. Um, uh, yeah, roll me. Okay. Yeah, roll me either investigation or perception check. Do investigation because why not? Not very high. I got an eight, but it's a plus six, a so fourteen. Uh, yeah. So you find um, you don't find anyone that got left behind. I, as far as you know, you were pretty thorough about that. That was something mm-hmm. that like everyone, all of you were trying to. Well, at least uh, Cosmo and Glenn seemed very adamant. Glenn was very adamant about getting the refugees out. Cosmo was very adamant about getting all the guards out. Um, you open up this little door into this like inner workings area and you kind of look around and, uh, you, the only thing you find really is like, uh, it looks like some people were, uh, interrupted in the middle of like some sort of card game. Uh, you see like a, uh, you know, a couple different cards with like, some of them have dragons on them. Some have like this, like kind of dark looking magician. Uh, and then you see some other kind of like, uh, cards out on the table and maybe some money and like a, a dagger maybe stuck on the table. But aside from that, uh, you don't really see much. The the hand with the magician look like it's winning uh no actually it looks like the like the blue dragons um God that, damn Kaiba. The, the, yeah a couple blue oh, dragons there and it looks Kaiba. like it looks like in the hand it looks like there was like a three-headed dragon that was just about to be played so yeah yeah i think the magician guy was getting was getting dunked on i checked the top five cards of the magician's hands is there a being about to be assembled <laughs> I'm being and not to be assembled. Um, it looks like there's only three of those cards in the deck for some reason, as if as if a couple of them got lost somewhere along the way. There's like a Karibo, like a small, like little little uh, creature, puffy creature, and a couple other things in there. I don't have part of the cards. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, as as Glenn's kind of like going through, and he's he's like kind of walking Gary through all this, and like just kind of like consoling him, like, look, man, like there's really nothing that we got to even worry about. And like gets to the top of the the wall, and like I look out past the wall. Do I see? anything so i'm looking uh, at like I, w- I climbed all the way to the top yep. closing fence right and i'm just looking deeper into the cave do you uh, want to can, can also only hold the, the wall of fire is a one minute uh concentration so if we're out of combat he's only holding that for a short amount of time and i imagine it projects a good amount of light downwards yeah. but for sure. Uh, so I'll say that uh, I'll give you advantage on your perception check there. Cosmo would be probably following uh, Glenn. Okay. Uh, Rangram, are you going up there too, or are you hanging out down below? No, Rangram's hanging out back cool. behind the wall of fire. Hey, That's a good call. Uh, 16. Okay. He's very um, proud of himself. Like 24. 24. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so I'll say that Aside from just like chunks of ceiling that have fallen down and crushed like the remainders. So past this second gate was where the uh, refugees camp was. Uh, So aside from like most of that just being like destroyed by these chunks of ceiling that have fallen down, uh, though less destructive on this level, like you're seeing also the remnants of like when that uh, Uber Hulk crashed through the wall and like took on gate one uh, and just kind of like, it's, it's you're you're like flashing back to a lot of these like past events that you spent you know time down here different things that happened kind of started your journey um but no one thing that does um kind of like catch your eye is that kind of like in the middle of the room um surrounded by just like a ton of these like marks and footprints in the floor of like the burrowing creatures that you know rushed through this opening as soon as that gate fell 
you see kind of like a like a weapon, like a like a thin bladed uh, like sword of some kind uh, that seems to be like kind of half buried in the ground, uh, as if it's just been kind of left behind. But it seems out of place in the center of the chamber. Well, I mean, sea gear. There's nothing to worry about. We just got you know some some footprints, uh, some you know refugees tents, which kind of messed up. You guys just left them down here. We'll talk about that another time. Uh, it's nothing really to worry about. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I guess you're right. And he's like, as soon as he says that, he like flashes back to the fact that last time he said that, he like. <laughs> like got attacked by something he like looks about around behind him and then uh he seems like he's okay and he's just kind of like sitting there uh hand on his sword just extremely not uh feeling very at ease but is doing his best um and glenn i'll say too that like i think this like you're probably super uneasy here too because this is like almost you you kind of look down as you're looking around you're like realizing this is almost the exact same spot that you almost got killed by regalia uh and where she took that uh those bombs out of that bag and basically turned the tide of that battle, uh, throwing them off to the side, blowing up the wall, breaking the enchantment on the wall, and then leading the, uh, all of these things inside. Um, so as you're kind of standing up there and consoling Gary on the fact that everything is okay, uh, you're also realizing that this is the last time you're here, things were not okay. Um, that's old news. Clint doesn't care about that anymore. So Glenn looks over to Cosmo and he's like, Cosmo, uh, I think we need to go through and see if maybe we can't find some some personal belongings for the uh, the the refugees that we still have in town and the ones who made their nice little village. You want to go snoop around down there for a little bit? Right. Gary off the hook on this one. Right. Yeah. I'd like to just venture at least down to where just before we hit the underdock or before and the last gate. As Glenn goes down, very much not like I just said over it, he draws his double-bladed scimitar and just is very much on alert, keeping an eye out for anything that looks right. like it's going to go bump in the night, and he's making his way towards, like, kind of the center of the little refugee town. So so they're both walking down further into the mine? Mm-hmm. Past, get between, uh, past gate two now, like, towards gate one. God, guys, we're we doing this again. I don't, I don't want to, Gary, are you doing it? Uh, okay, you're hanging out with Greg. I think Greg would be with you. Gary was with them on top of the wall. Greg, you're uh, coming. With, you're coming with me, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I'll be right behind you, man. All right, come on. Um, shit. You know what? Fuck it, Greg. Just go. Oh, uh, you sure? No, you know what? Oh, I need you. Oh, I need your help. What? What? What kind of secret mission you got for me? It's the most secret mission ever. Oh, boy. You gotta wait till we talk to the elf and he'll tell you what your mission is. Uh, oh, I, in the inner circle, I, I can't believe uh, it. I, I'm not worthy. You are worthy, Gregory. Get Gary. Get Gar- Gregory. What's your name it's again? <laughs> uh, my name. My name's Greg. Jeff. All right, Jeff. We're going. That's fine. Keep me alive. Because <laughs> at this point, Ringram's wall of fire is yeah, it's gone. gone. It, it's gone. <laughs> he can't keep concentration. He's had so much of those. Uh, it's uh, only cigarettes. a minute. It's one minute. <laughs> he's, he's had so much of that cigarette. He doesn't remember. 
<laughs> he, thought, he thought the wall fire was still up there. That's all that counts. <laughs> he never cast it. He just thought he did it. <laughs> you um, just see him in the corner. I <laughs> guess we're going to go um, meet my friends. Come on, Georgery. So I assume that you all have opened the gate at this point. Uh, um, there wasn't cast. a way down without opening it, right? No, you yeah, have had to okay. open it up. Okay. At least yeah. a certain point. So like maybe you opened it up enough, tall enough where like Glenn still had to duck or something. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, Glenn, I, I was thinking he just hopped over the wall and kind of like stuck a dagger into the wall and just kind of slid his way down. But I guess that wouldn't work for everybody else. So he'll do the gate. Um, nice. So, Rangram, you're just following them along with bringing Greg with you? Yep, with Georgery. Cool. Uh, Jeff Jeff follows uh, follows right behind you, emboldened a little bit by the fact that he now thinks he is trusted with this uh, part of the these, group. He's part of the group and these secrets. He uh, he's very very emboldened. Listen, by that. George, you can do anything that you believe in. And I'm gonna tap him on the shoulder and give him guidance. <laughs> Holy! <laughs> okay, Greg, <laughs> Jeff, George, whatever. They feel amazing. They've never felt this good in their life. This is like. They think that like whatever see you just gave them Michael secret stuff and Michael secret stuff. You know Michael secret stuff and the this this guy this normal human bar like is like eagle. all of a sudden he's like, oh my, you feel this good all the time? No wonder you can fight all those big monsters. I let me at him. I got this now. All right, hold hold, hold on there, big fella. Pulls a sword out, starts waving it around, like starts uh, whoa, whoa. jabbing in different wait, directions. Wait. You, you got uh, you got to hold that back. You, you gotta save that for the big bats. If they're gonna be there, trust me. Wait till we find out and tell him you think he's a dick. Uh, what? Does it, I'm what just kidding. Do? Don't do that. Don't do that. Absolutely oh. do not do that. Oh, okay. It's really hard to keep a track on what I'm supposed to do, but uh, I'll do my best. Good. <laughs> on your toes, like a nomad, like a nomad urinal on your toes at all times that's good that's, that's a good one good can I mean, we add that, that to the list quotes yes like a gnome and a urinal on your toes at all times uh glenn what are what are, what are you uh, uh doing uh, or like in because you walked out into the center of the chamber yeah um cosmos with me or cosmos like okay um i wouldn't necessarily be like sneaking um I'm, he's just very alert looking for whatever might be coming. He, he had his eye on that sword that he saw and he's making his way towards that. But I imagine like not all the tents are like completely perfectly flat and trampled. Like he's like keeping an eye out for anything that might be like shifting, moving from tent to tent, like anything that's like in predator mode, trying to hunt whatever's still down here. Cause I imagine yeah, for sure. what you do to live down here. For sure. Um, yeah. So roll me a, uh, Roll me a perception check. Um, can I use sure. advantage on this one? I'll use my um, <clears throat> earwig. To, yeah. yeah, it's fine. What are we perceiving? I'm sorry. Uh, just to see. He's like trying to listen in here. If he, see if he hears anything like moving around the tents that, that are still remaining. Uh, oh. I rolled a 19 plus 6, so 25. I won't okay. roll. Um, <laughs> I'll say that it sounds like things are pretty quiet. You don't you don't hear anything like rustling around, so you don't know whether something is like lying in wait, but you don't hear things moving. Um, okay, and so like as he's kind of moving forward, and he's he's kind of keeping a hand like 
on Cosmo's like armor, like on his pauldron, like looking around. It says, uh, "Yeah, from up on the the wall, I was able to see some some glint of light down towards the middle. Um, actually, kind of remind me of something Joro used to carry with him. Um, let's go see if we can't find that." And starts leading Cosmo towards where the item was and points it out once we get close enough. Yeah. So, um, so you remember this place, uh, this area well, as soon as you get like, kind of get to the middle of it, you can like looking around, looking at the ground, you're seeing like, this was the final standoff where uh, the hive mother had been uh, before you kind of took refuge behind the wall where Cosmo was knocked unconscious and woke up underneath the hive mother uh, and where Joro uh, kind of subcame, succumbed to the, the, uh, the mind flayer. Now you would know the mind flayer, uh, Zasik's control, uh, where then he turned on you all, uh, kind of turning the tide of the battle and then forcing you back behind the wall. Um, you come up on this, uh, this indeed, what is indeed a, a, like a rapier uh, that is kind of half buried in the ground. Seems like it's been run over, but doesn't seem to be damaged. Uh, and you do, you do indeed recognize it as the rapier that, uh, that Joro had carried. Um, and as you kind of pick it up, you can see that uh, it's emblazoned with the familiar uh, symbol of uh, what, actually, this is, um, this is something, uh, Rangrim, just, just so I can give this information, maybe it's something you communicate later, roll me a history check with advantage for you. History check. Ooh. Uh, 19, I don't even think I have any, no, I have a bonus to history. I lied. Nineteen. So you're you're not that smart. So I'm super smart. <laughs> you, you're uh, smart. You recognize that there the symbol on this this rapier is of of drow origin and drow making, uh, but also it is the it's a sort of a noble house. It's a sort of like a drow noble house. Uh, one that I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's been fifty years since you know the kind of drow society kind of imploded in on itself and uh, with its like desire to find Lolf, uh, a god who does not exist uh, as far as they know. And so, but basically uh, this, this rapier is the, from a former noble within a drow society. Um, okay. And yeah, just like this similar in making to your uh, drow dagger that you were, you gained from regalia. Okay. I was just going to ask. So does it, um, do I get any semblance of, magic aura from it i mean i've i'm assuming i've seen joro use it before either from like thinking about it right now and viewing it or from seeing him use it do i know it has any type of um, well, mean arcana check imbuement <laughs> more, the, more importantly do i need to not be actually touching it with my hands <laughs> that's probably scarier from the joro side uh arcana 12 plus 15 I'll say that you definitely get uh, ambient magical energy off this this weapon. Okay. Do I feel? Um, does it feel like there's any kind of threat from it, or is it something that like it just seems kind of dormant? And I picked it up. Um. See, I mean, uh, if you're picking it up, I'll say that you don't. You don't like you know, your hand doesn't dissolve and fall off as soon as you touch it. Uh, you, you kind of pick it up, and in the same way that like any kind of magical item, uh, for the most part, like has like a kind of like tingling to anyone mm -hmm. who's like magically inclined. Uh, I think you kind of pick that up. That just okay. kind of that that ambient magical field around it, but you don't know what it what directly that pertains to. There's like a hum to it, but okay. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a beautifully crafted crafted weapon. Uh, you know, someone someone took a lot of time. Uh, probably actually the likely the Durger, uh so uh, crafted this weapon, and it was probably traded within uh, within the Drow city because the Drows didn't actually craft most of their own weapons. So I, I pick it up and 
before I say anything to Cosmos, kind of look at it sullenly for a little bit. Look over to Cosmos like, I, uh, I feel bad. We, we did a lot of good down here, but Jor was the first person in this town to actually treat me like I was worth, you know, talking to. Uh, a lot of people saw the robes and equated, you know, wealth, but I came here, bust my ass and stole everything I could. And Jor was the first person to actually treat me like a, like I mattered. We just kind of, I just kind of let him go. Well, uh, it was tough. That was a tough day for us all. And, uh, I mean, there's no remains to be seen here. Maybe he's not gone forever. That might be true. I think, think there's a chance we might be able to bring him back. I, I think there's a good chance. Maybe he's under whatever the hell Rangrim and Regali have been dealing with. Oh, I hope he's not mixed in with that. I just hope he's fighting his way through the Underdark looking for another way out. That's that's where my mind is going to live. He did uh, cut the head off the proverbial snake, right? So maybe that was the only head that was there. Maybe. There's nothing more. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be hopeful for it. Hopeful, I'll, uh, but uh, I won't certainly won't erase it from my mind. It's I'll keep my eyes out for it. Still out, there's still likely a snake body out there somewhere. I think you might be right. I'll make sure I uh, I leave him a message. He'll he'll definitely come back looking for this. And he used to be able to talk to me when I wasn't near him, so maybe he'll do so again. And I'm gonna take the time to write a note saying, Joro, if you see this message, Glenn, um, I'll come back. Just let me know when you're safe, and I'm gonna stake it to. I'm gonna like find a, a table maybe that was crushed mm-hmm. and like stand it up make it like real obvious and all this debris that this is like intentionally put here to get someone's attention and i'm gonna like stake this note to it not with the rapier but with like a like a dagger or, like maybe one of the pythons or something just yeah i'll, I'll say this i'll say that this is a, a pretty rant like it was a ramshackle encampment that was you know thrown together i'll say that you're able to easily find a, a stray nail and uh and a, p- a piece of a broken table that has one leg on it that you're able to kind of like create a makeshift sign uh, to tack this thing to. And then in, in Thieves' Cant, I'll... Actually, I would have written the whole thing in Thieves' Cant, so it's very obvious to Joro and not anyone else. Cool. Which I assume is, like, big symbols, I... It's... Yeah, it, Thieves' Cant depends regionally, so right. it would have been just a, a communication that Joro and I understood, but no one else would have. That's rad. Uh, really cool. So... One thing that strikes you all as you're down here is just like, <clears throat> aside from like, especially after like the, the wall of fire and like clearing out some of the other things, like there's just like a overwhelming silence. It's just quiet down here. And it's not the level of quiet that was like the Evan depths. There was like things happening down there. Like this is just like silence and emptiness that kind of goes deep into this, uh, into this tunnel. Um, but yeah, what do you all... Like, what do you all want to do? Well, Cosmo, is there, there are more you need to know whether or not it's clear to mine? How, how far down do you want to go? Well, I just wanted to go to the last gate, which we clearly have, right? Mm-hmm. Clarify. Yeah, right? you're standing yeah. it right. You're, I'll say, I mean, Glenn, did you want to put that sign just outside, like, the first gate, maybe? It would have been, yeah, it would have been attached to the gate that we just passed. So, like, cool. he would have had to walk through the old camp 
to the yep. gate that like was preventing them from going through. I feel like yep. just at this moment, Rangrim and Greg. Hey everyone, what's going on, man? Look at my new cool powers. You, you, you see Greg? A lot of energy right now, my friend. Mm-hmm. He's he's good. He's raw. <laughs> he's, he's raw. Look at him. Look at him stabbing that that the air. He's see. This is the leadership that Cosmo brings you. I want to slay some beasts. But slaying is one thing, but you gotta squish the heads. Squishing heads. Now we're moving past smashing heads to squish. Squish, smash. It's but like a, there's a bloodlust to Cosmo now that I I don't know if I feel on board with. It's like it's alarming. It's, like, it's very alarming. The transformation is. Mm-hmm. I feel like we took a took a it long is complete. <laughs> good. Oh, good, good, good. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Greg is having uh, the time of his life, but there's nothing to fight uh, as far as you can see. So he's just kind of like swishing the air. Well, I mean, Greg, you seem like you're ready to fight, so let's do this. And I'd take a swipe at him with my double-bladed scimitar, but like almost like you would a little kid, like, oh, mm-hmm. like I'm a, I'm a hit you, bud. Well, don't worry, Greg has stats. If you want to do this, <laughs> I, I did cast guidance on him, so he's full sending that. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm letting the sauce letting the sauce rain. So are you going uh, with disadvantage on him? I would be no nah, uh, I don't know how that works really. Um sure I can roll with disadvantage. My eight to a four. Um I don't think this is gonna hit. Uh thirteen. He has surprisingly good AC. Uh that does not hit. Okay. Uh you kind of like do this softball whip like, at him. Oh <laughs> and uh he <laughs> Let's see if he can get you with this. Do it. Oh. Guidance plus four. Got, or so plus a D four. Sixteen plus oh. four. Twenty. A D four. Uh, yeah, I know. I just rolled the D four. And he rolled a four. Fuck. Yeah, I, rolled, I swear. <laughs> um, and then yeah, so that's a twenty-four to hit. Uh yeah, it's gonna hit. Oh. <laughs> All oh of a gosh. sudden, the rogue has a, tw- a twenty-five AC. Suddenly. <laughs> That four, uh, four damage as you do this softball swing and uh greg goes ha and gets you right uh pokes you right kind of like in the the top part of the chest with uh with this sword or and like maybe the shoulder uh and just kind of like buries it like maybe that deep in you like a good like four inches and then just go, he like looks immediately like you see the the color just drain <laughs> from his face did not mean to do that uh and he's just like pulls it out with that kind of like Oh, noise, and then his blood just starts seeping down your shoulder and he's like I didn't mean to do that and he's got a backstab right, just like jumps right in the middle he's like, one thing do you understand when you're when you're a true warrior is it he let you do that to teach you a lesson do you know what it is that uh, he's easier to stab than I thought wrong you need to go back to the barracks and think about what it is uh, that's a good idea. I think I'll do that right now. And he starts uh, kind of backpedaling and starts uh, starts kind of heading away unless Glenn would like to do something. Glenn, so we Glenn's... can't just, we can't kill Cosmo's help. It's it's not right. Glenn starts like, like play. He's like, ah, good job. And then it's like, holy shit, I didn't actually see that one coming. And he's like <laughs> nursing his arm, banging up a little bit. That was my never... bad. I might have helped him get there. I was trying to call his bluff, man. That was terrifying. Did you I see know, how fast but, he was? Holy shit. Like, only a little bit, but I kind of feel like you were you were fighting a little bit. I didn't want him to know that. We're heroes out here, you know. Um, but 
didn't try to get stabbed. He just stabbed. He he did just stab. I didn't think he was going to go that quick and just go right for the stab right to your shoulder like that. I learned not to fuck with Gary today. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but you're saying I could have got 25 XP if I killed him? You could have, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Glenn stalks uh, Gary. <laughs> Is it Greg Greg or Gary? Or Greg. I don't even know. Ingram's fucked the name. The only reason why I'm curious is because (laughs) if it was Greg, they left without their secret mission. That's true. He did. I think his secret mission was to stab... uh, uh, stab Glenn. Um, Gary, who's uh, kind of was was hanging out with uh, Cosmo Def. and Glenn, is like, I'm gonna make sure he gets back to that. And he kind of like heads off and also Takes runs kind of after after Greg. Um, and so you make sure them. you get that done, boy. And I slap him on the back and cast guidance on him. <laughs> oh, this is a this is a this is a new day for Gary too. I'm gonna change some things in my life, and he's running out of the. He's running past like faster than he normally would. He gets an extra a D4 to his uh, his sprinting, and he's kind of like he kind of like he kind of like slide uh, like running does like the uh, the limbo underneath the uh, the short gate as he as he's running over. Um, but yeah, they are <laughs> having a great time, just dodging parkouring uh, over the over the rocks and everything like that, getting out of there. And uh, after the kind of the sound of uh, them in their feet kind of running out of this uh, this chamber, you all are again uh, kind of left between gate one and gate two uh, in this very, very dark and very quiet. Yeah. Um, the only thing that Cosmo would do is he is going to cast Divine Sense as he, he just kind of looks down at the first gate um, and casts Divine Sense to... Uh, the, know the location of any spells or Within like 30 feet uh 60 feet 60 feet yeah um i'll say to your ver i assume to uh your relief you do not sense anything uh you you sense uh you don't sense good you don't sense i mean i guess you sense good if that's if that's what it is but basically you don't sense aberrations you don't sense undead you don't sense anything you okay. just it's like a just quiet silence in this place. Like yeah. a tomb almost at this point. Right. Um, just kind of seeing that, uh, he just kind of reluctantly, he's not really sure, he's kind of confused, and uh, he just turns back to the other guys, and he's just like, well, I think that's everything in here. I've seen all I need to see. I will say one thing, uh, and this is just like for, I guess, for tone and ambience, but uh, you would be absolutely right now, especially in this area, like this is the scene of your battle where you slayed like a bunch of the burrowers uh, while you were fighting like that last stand. Uh, So you would be surrounded by these like absolutely like half decomposed corpses of these monsters just like all around you uh you know the one that took uh that took uh glenn five years to kill that eventually Uh, uh, never killed it the fake uh the fake uh guard that ended up being Mm -hmm. regalia dropped a rock on top its head so you're you are surrounded by all these like just the smell in here probably is not as quiet as uh (laughs) the actual sounds in this place rangram is going to walk over to one of them Mm -hmm. And they're partially decomposed, right? Mm-hmm. I just want to take the top part of one of their skulls. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's like a carapace. So it's like it comes off and it's like, um, oh, what's a good bug? Think of like a potato bug. I think that's not like a roly-poly, but actually what a, if you Google potato bug, you you now have a uh, okay. baby basketball-sized uh, head of that off of one of the adult burrowers that you've slayed. 
Uh, Glenn's going to start walking back towards the exit if he feels like Cosmo is um, happy with yeah. our, our sweep. Sweet. Um, are you all heading out that way? It would just be Rangrim to the left to not follow. Rangrim would follow. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, so you all are heading out. Um, I assume probably closing that gate behind you to give it a little bit more uh, defense if possible. Yeah. Even though there's a giant hole. <laughs> yeah, a pretty big hole on the wall. Um, so you all you all are able to make your, your way safely out of there, uh, kind of like heading through that gate, shutting behind you. Mm-hmm. Rangrim, one thing, just with your better perception than the rest, um, maybe you give a little glance to that that wall, that like part, like that far flung corner where um, you last saw your daughter at. And one thing you notice is there's no there's no like body there. There's just kind of an empty space. You can kind of see like a small like impact where maybe like a smaller body would have lain for a minute. Um, but one thing you do notice that's missing is that bandana. It's not there. So I don't know how you take that, but maybe there's a potential like maybe something that you said got through that day. So Rickard thinks in that moment that maybe his daughter took the ribbon that he like threw at her before got like destroyed and nuked in that moment. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of up to your Partially. interpretation. That's, yeah, okay. I, I think that that's kind of up to you how you want to decide that. But uh, in this kind of, you can clearly see that it's not like she a rock fell on her. You can see clearly where you, I think that that would be burned in Rangram's mind where, you know, that, that moment. Um, and so, as far as you know, uh, you know, she didn't get up and walk away and leave that behind. Um, so it's, she's gone and that's gone. And maybe that's a, a promising sign. But yeah, uh, you all are able to safely make it to the entrance without being attacked by anything else, uh, not hearing any other movement within like the kind of like rubble labyrinth uh, and are back at the doors. Um, and yeah, uh, kind of it's early in the day. Uh, is there anything else that you want to do uh, for this uh, this full day ahead? Uh, as Glenn's walking through, he's going to kind of lean over to Cosmo and be like, Cosmo, you might want to get someone working on that wall, man. That seems like a real security issue. Well, you know, I I thought when I told Chess to come down here and start fixing things, he'd send more than those two. But, uh, yes, yes, it's in the, it's in the plans. Not sure uh, what he was thinking, but i uh, like to see this place up and secure and cleaned up. Might have been a work with what you have kind of thing. But, well, everybody made it seem like they was chomping at the bit for work around here. They was bored and really down and slum-like. But, uh, yes, they really don't want to work. You, um, you start hearing kind of like the ambient sounds of what sounds like a, like a lot of footsteps. Uh, and you hear a pretty raspy voice uh, kind of yelling at you from just like the one tier up goes... You know, I can hear you. We're go- <laughs> I was, I was kind of, it's one of those things where you kind of send them in. Uh, to, you know, you don't want to spend the, the resources you want to keep kind of situation. And you see Chest uh, kind of marching down with uh, maybe 15 to 20 uh, members of the Boulder Fist uh, Mining Company guards and also like miners uh, that seem to be kind of 
preparing to uh, do some clearing and kind of get things working up again, working working again and back uh, back to as they as they should be. Well, uh, we cleared out a lot of little bugs in the area, about half a dozen or so, maybe. Should be clear on out. Awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, I think if that's the case, then then we can might be able to handle them handle the rest of them ourselves and he kind of like pats the, the hand axe uh, at his side um he's like i appreciate it and everything looks good for the most part other than the ceiling having fallen in and all that right yeah maybe i don't want to make sure that's still structurally sound before we dig too deep in here yeah i think yes. that's gonna be something we gotta do it's also a big old hole right over there and just like very obviously points to the giant hole in the wall it's like i would throw some spackle on it maybe yeah, I'll look into where we can get some magical spackle that'll uh, reinstate that that ancient, uh, you know, kind of protection that was on the wall. But, you know, we'll do our best. Uh, worst case scenario, we can at least get the wall back. And maybe we might even have to build that damn wall up to the ceiling to keep everything from falling back in on us. So, you know, maybe we'll take it up and, you know, just fully seal that thing and do what we can. All right. Sounds good. As Glenn walks by and be like, yeah, just make sure the refugees stay on this side this time. Just like really hard pats chest on the shoulder and just like walks right you by. You know, that wasn't me, right? I was just part of, you know. Have a good day. The... And just keeps walking. <laughs> he's, he's just kind of yelling and just at some point just down. Like, and he walks, turns around and leads, uh, leads his kind of like force uh, into the mine. Uh, kind of walking kind of midway, like not, not first, not last. Uh, kind of <laughs> not not eager to see what's yeah. in there. <laughs> Yeah, um, but they uh, they disappear in there. So what are y'all doing? Cosmo did what he needed for the day. That's that's I I don't know. Cosmo uh, powers down. Yes. Um, Glenn wants to do a couple. Well, I guess one main thing. Um, and he wants to just see if either Pops and or the Tannery has another bag of holding because we I forgot that we blew the last one up and uh, we nuked the the we got a bag of holding and we literally nuked it we had it for less than one session and glenn would like to see if maybe there's another one in town uh for sure um so uh, while uh, we rp that ring room is just um continuing to use i already used uh, i used my full spell slot for the day so he's continuing to just use his normal forge skills and his blessing to continue to tinker on the cart Brad. and getting the actual forge built in it with pops's magical bellows and uh glenn's magic that would be his glenn's magical bellows they say glenn on them these ones they fed rebrand it's like a nike swoosh but it says glenn in it that's that's now his and logo it. yep <laughs> uh that's what regram's uh working on in the interim throughout the rest of the day Awesome. Um, I'll say that uh, if you're just continuing the work that you were doing from the day before, I'll say mm -hmm. that that probably takes you probably about half the day before you're at a, a good place and you you feel like you've confidently uh, put this thing together. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, and then so in the, I'll say that Glenn quickly, you're able to go to the tannery. Uh, they do not even know what a bag of holding is uh, <laughs> when you get there. Um, they offer you a bunch of really cool bags um, that hold things, uh, so they just seem very confused. So, so like, a, bag, a bag of holding is just a bag that can hold things. Yes, a bunch of different size bags. Like I have these. I mean, I have these bags. I don't. I mean, they can hold things. I don't know. 
a bag of holding. I these this is a, there's all these are all bags of holding. Are there are there any like black leather? You know, real like low profile, very much what like size. Glenn's aesthetic. Um, let's say like you know, just like a a shoulder to back, like literally the full size of Glenn's back, but like you know, low profile and depth. Okay. Not, not like a really bulky, you know, giant backpacking. Something a little more, uh, you know, tech, tech looking. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll say that they uh, they have something. I don't know why they would have that, but they uh, they have they have something that fits that fits that bill. Um, I'll just say it's a uh, two gold. Uh, but I'll say that you are able to head to top, head to pops after that with your new new cool uh, leather bag. So you get to pops's and the familiar. Uh, hello, pops. Who is it? Does anybody else ever come here? Uh, yes. You've sent... I feel like everyone but you has been here recently. That's fair. Let me in. <laughs> okay. Door, your door goes... Opens. Um, and uh, Pops uh, standing there with his uh, extremely magnified eyes and his weird time-phasing movements and uh, is just, like, kind of rocking back and forth on his heels as soon as you uh, come in and is like... Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. I have something to show you. And uh, he runs over and grabs something that is sitting on his workbench and puts it behind his back and comes over to you and goes, okay, close your eyes. I close my eyes. Um, you uh, you see suddenly a like pretty bright light that's kind of like shining at you through like your eyelids. Um, do you open them? Out of fear of blinding myself, I put I put my hand up and like open my eyes. I'm like, what the? Come on, man! I you know how this works. Uh, you as you're kind of putting your hand up, you're feeling like this kind of wind being buffeted a little bit from like a small, and you can hear like the kind of like quick mechanical whirrings of like small wings. Um, and I, you see uh, this really small, uh, what looks like a clockwork uh, fay fly. So like just a small firefly uh, that's made out of the black metal. Um, the tail of it and its eyes are shining with this like brilliant, like blue green light. Um, and pops uh, basically is like, this thing is like fluttering in front of me. He's like, I, I, I know that, you know, I have like a certain aesthetic here and it seems to be kind of like bugs and other weird things like that. But I'm, this one is so cool. Uh, this one can, like, you can control it. Uh, you can move it in the air. You can kind of, like, tell it where to go. Uh, it can actually cast uh, different kinds of light spells. So, like, you can, you can cast, like, fairy fire. You can have it, like, outline someone with different, with different spells. But it can, it can hold all these abilities and do them, like, you know, from time to time, once a day. But you can also just, like, send it out as a distraction. And there's a lot of different things you can do with it. It's, I'm really, really happy about this one. And I know I, you were looking for something that was going to make you a little bit smarter, but... I, I, you know, I think that, you know, this one, this is, this thing's pretty cool, and hopefully you'll be able to find a use for it. Pops, you crazy son of a bitch. I don't need to be smarter if they're stupider, and I'd, like, hug them. (laughs) Um, He definitely is, like, very, uh, seems very thrilled um, that you are happy with it. How do you think of it? I mean, like, the the amount of detail it takes. uh, Do you even know all the spells it has? Can I teach it things? Does it have a name? What do I call it? Glint's like very eagerly excited about this new crazy contraption. Um, I Glint's gonna kind of like grab or like put a hand out to like have it flutter into his hand. Um, so I have the earwig on my ear. I'm gonna put the 
the Feyfly, kind of like where the cowl of his hood comes together, and just have it cool. kind of like sit and latch on right there. Like a pendant. Awesome. Yeah, it actually sits yes. like a... Um, That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, so when its when its wings come down, it kind of covers the light completely and everything dims. And so, like, it, it's not constantly lit up. Um, and so it actually looks like almost like a small beetle brooch. And as it, like, kind of clasps onto the, the front of your uh, shirt, it almost, yeah, it looks kind of like a little uh, beetle pendant that's, like, a uh, brooch that's sitting there on the front of your shirt. And is this made of the dark steel? So it's like a black... Yes. For, cool. yes. It's like an opaline black material. Neat. Uh, well, Pops, I gotta tell you, man, I, this thing saved me about a hundred times. I'm sure this is get at least like three other people killed. So I'm could not be more ecstatic. I, what do I owe you? What can I bring you? Oh no, don't worry about it. I, I think I still owed you from that uh, uh, from that extremely absurdly large sapphire you brought me. So um, I, I, and the fact that I got to mess around with this, uh, you know, this star metal is it's good enough for me. And I have a little bit left, so I can maybe make something for myself. So no, you, let's call it even. Uh, you're generous to a fault my friend i will uh keep an eye out for any other fun stuff man uh, it's coming your way i always I always enjoy it um yeah no uh you plan on uh sticking around you all heading out again uh we're not entirely sure i have some unfortunate uh conversations coming up with our friend luther he's headed back to town which is cool apparently no one's seen him in a little bit but uh I kind of might be on his bad side. And I've never actually seen that guy react in any way. And I can't picture his bad side being a good thing. I stole from him. I, I took something from him. Glenn. I mean, it's me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not not. It was suspicious. He had a double false bottom safe. Who does that? Like, one safe is enough. If I see another bottom, I'm going to... Extra extra yeah. safe, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. It's, it's in... It's you know you gotta do what you gotta do, but yeah, I, it's kind of hard to tell emotions on a on a warforged. But um, yeah, I don't know. That guy's made out of solid mithril. I really wouldn't want to make him mad, but I'm sure you'll be fine. I'm sure you'll be fine. Just I mean, now you have a new cool bug to send at him if he you know distract and run away if you need to. I will be running quickly. Uh, which actually brings me to another point. I kind of had you look at the item that I stole, and in case he's got any kind of like magical tracking tied to it, you might want to keep your doors locked. Oh God! What have you done? Couple days, couple like like three days tops. Oh, get get out of here then! Go and he kind yeah, of like starts pushing you on the it. and the, he kind of pushes you out the door and then without much uh, if anything, just kind of the door goes and seals behind you and you hear a couple locks uh, that you haven't really heard before kind of latch behind you uh, and yeah. Um, and I like just kind of like play with the fae flies. I'm kind of like walking back towards the guys just kind of buzzing around your head uh seeming to kind of like react to like not just like a said idea of what you want it almost seems to be able to like intuitively understand what you want it to do cool and then i'm going to head over because i'm guessing i see a bunch of like smoke and movement from where the cart was left behind so i'm going to go help Rangram finish up the cart for the day yeah i assume um I don't think you would have dragged. Would you have dragged the cart up to the Iron Woman Rangrim, or would you have yeah, it down? Yeah, would have been. I, I it would have been closer to Madges because okay. anything I could have forged after putting the forge in it, I started like hanging swords and shields and axes right. and hammers off. Glenn, the things that we, we got them. Come here, I, I need your help. Uh, um, okay, you got my hands. All the stuff I we took before, we gotta hang it up here. 
and we're going to sell them to people when we go places on adventures. So we're, we're doubling gonna... down on our gold here. We're going to get gold from going places, and then we go places, we can sell people this shit. I mean, fine goods. I think that is a fantastic idea. I have never sold anything that wasn't stolen, so this is right up my alley. I'm I know, happy check, to steal check, and sell check, things. Check this out. Someone's like, I like this sword, but I wish it was shorter. Ringram then stops. Because I have short and arms. one of his uh, blessings of the forge, and it takes a half hour, and he makes the exact same sword, but smaller. And he's like, and I can just do that. You see? People will pay for this kind of thing. It's it's a convenience. We, we're going to kill on the field. I'm telling you. Are you saying you- that this is some kind of convenience store? I mean, it could be. It's more of a dead person pawn shop, if you ask me. Oh, Cosmo, hey, how you doing? That was a real dark way to enter this conversation. Mm, that was a real way to neg on our <laughs> ability, our, our, our dreams. And I but, like kind of pat rang on my back. It's like, it's okay. Cosmo just meant that he's not super ecstatic with the way we'll be making money. But once he sees all the money rolling in, you know, it's going to be fine. Well, you can just, uh, I mean, I didn't say you can't sell all the things from people I kill. I'm just calling it like I see it. Okay. It's kind of dark. It is immediately 50 gold if someone, if Cosmo smushed someone's head with it. Like, <laughs> Ringman writes like a tag and sticks it. I was going to so say, like, just anything. like a random axe. Co- Cosmo, Cosmo absolutely didn't kill anybody with it. <laughs> but he just like, Cosmo smushed someone's head with it. Look at that. A 50 gold more. You think that's going to work? That's a good marketing tactic. But I think if we uh, get Nybarg to maybe tell some tales about Cosmo the Slayer. Start tagging things, Cosmo right. the Slayer. It could be just kind of like a branded, you know, shop that's just well, all Cosmo the Slayer. Well, I don't know that I want my name. Maybe we can just call it something else. We'll make up a pretend Slayer. Well, and, like, what if I already did that? Uh, well, yeah, he's never gotten anybody's name right. What'd you call him earlier? Jasmo? Jasmo? Jasmo. That's a good name. Jasmo the Slayer. Nybog. No, Nybog is our friend. That's not. No, he exists. Yeah, I know. Was he the one I was not supposed to talk to? What? We didn't say you couldn't talk to Nybog. Did you no, talk we to Redcon to... like two hours ago that Rangroom cast sending and told Cos- told Nybog about smashing people's heads as Cosmo? As in like told Nybog to share the story yeah, of Cosmo. the story of Cosmo like cool. two hours ago. So then yeah. what if I already did that? Well, uh, you should. Cosmo, you, I mean, should... you can't. You can't unring a bell, man. You are the. the and slayer. you rang her bell and multiple people's with the head smashing. It's kind of kind of got a point. Well, I didn't tell everyone. Nybarg will though. Well, he is a bard. He's good at well, that. I thought it was going to be good for business. I had the cart set up. I thought it was going to be good for us. I thought we were going to make money. Your mom was going to be proud. Your mom already likes it. I asked her. Uh, did you ask me, mom? Yeah, of course I asked your mom. Insight check. Mom. That was a oh, okay. It was a dick move. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was rude. I didn't actually talk to your mom. Good. I don't want my mom to know. I'll talk to her later. No, don't. He goes to high five, Glenn. Uh, as you high five, Glenn, uh, the the wooden shutters on the Iron Woman bang open, and uh, and Madge wearing like a, the thick like goggles to do forging just kind of sticks her head on. You know what? It's really hard uh, to actually work on shit with you all yapping out here. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, uh, 
things you would find amusing. But um, never mind. You boys are fine. I'm going to say what she needs help with. And Rangram's just going to... I'm still working on your hand job in here, Rangram. I got plenty to do. <laughs> and she shuts the... She shuts the, the, <laughs> the shutter seat behind. Uh, and goes back to work. As the gate... Or as it closes, Glenn's just like, I'm sorry, we're going what? <laughs> she doesn't respond. <laughs> well... Rangram's like... Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> Well, boys, I'm uh, I've thrown Poe over at uh, Luther's Legends. We're gonna know if we see Luther today, or if anybody you know knocks knocks on the door. I'm uh, I'm gonna go grab a drink at the Matic. Maybe call it an early one. Um, cool. So, since uh, since we're kind of like we're kind of getting rounding to the end here, uh, not rounding the end all the way, but I just want to make sure we're getting figuring out where we're getting at the end of this session tonight. Um, there's still time, basically. By the end of today, you'll still have a couple days. So do we want to, there's anything you want to accomplish in the meantime, um, but essentially you have basically two days until uh, you would expect Luther to arrive. What is the plan, I guess, is my question. Uh, we might say in we, have we might not. Okay. Um, uh, we uh, might leave in the morning, we might not. <laughs> Good luck, DM. <laughs> So, um, uh, Brangram's general plan if we do not leave town is he's would just continue with uh, fabricate to like literally outfit the cart to be like full fledged nonsense magical forge cart towed by yeah. two donkeys and Glenn. tons of weapons for sale. Yeah, tons Glenn. of everything that him and Glenn have ever stolen from somebody is hanging off of it and they're toting it as we made it. I have all those items listed too, so I'll He's send that your way. <laughs> I have oh, notes. Oh, geez, that's good. Um, uh, Glenn would be doing basically like the the opposite, but still in the vein of the cart of buying like a ton of supplies for the cart, like a bunch of dried meats, a bunch of dried foods. Um, you know, a cool little like sleeping cot thing for Cosmo to like hang out on the rides. Like a bunch of padded, like basically elven luxury the best he can find in tin town for our cart just to make this thing like cool. the shag and wagon you know it's gonna be awesome the tops awesome. got like the tops now got like a whole padded area for glenn to lay on nice fluffy seats for rangrim awesome basically uh, so, take my money nice so just take uh kind of preparing the cart for in case you do want to leave uh i would buy cosmo. about like a week's worth of rations sweet awesome three people uh cosmo uh is there anything you want to do um, I was just perusing my notes, trying to see if there was anything left. I I don't have anything for today. Cool. Um, so we can jump to the second day, basically, and then the third day would would be like anyway. So let's let's jump to the second day here. Um, Rangram, uh, you kind of get like uh, you're you're sleeping at your normal uh, like bed, basically, and you get shaken awake um, by uh, by Madge, who is just like kind of peering over you and just like wearing her her goggles as though she's been working, co face covered in soot. Um, and like just the smell coming off of her is that she's probably been working and drinking most of the night, uh, but she is just like leering over you and just like biggest smile on her face. And she lifts up this. <coughs> Can I help? <laughs> and she lifts up and, and like kind of like pulls right, holds, holds right up next to her face this, fully finished 
uh, black steel hand uh, that comes down like a little bit past the wrist. Um, it seems like, but it's also like, it's like, I listen, I, I, I don't, like I said, no questions asked. I don't know where, what, and whatever. I tried making it as able to work with what you need as possible. You know, there's a couple different disconnection points if you need it shorter, longer, more of it, whatever. But I got to show you this. And she kind of like takes the hand and she bends it into a fist and goes like this. And you see this flat, like leaf, like just kind of like this thick blade comes shooting out of the top of the the wrist part and kind of comes out, uh, sticks off of the hand, maybe a solid like 10 inches uh, or, or eight inches. And then like, and then she kind of bends it back and you see it sink back down into it and goes, I had a little bit extra with the uh, the extra uh, basically piece that you gave me, you know, to kind of keep my silence, and I just couldn't help myself. I figured, uh, you know, we could add a little bit of a uh, pizzazz, a little secret weapon to this thing. Uh, but yeah, hopefully you like it. Well, love it, love it, love it. Ringroom just like holding it, and like I'm just gonna be careful with that. Don't 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 bend it. You'll you could stab I'm yourself. Be careful. Keep it, and he accidentally bends it like. Phew. And I imagine like he cuts like a piece of his beard off. Like, oh, uh, um, Floats to the floor. And he's just kind of like. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that all night. It's awesome. Amazing. As soon as I was like able to work on that, me- that mechanism, I've just been like fucking around with it. At first I had it so it would shoot out. I almost took, I almost stabbed myself. Nah, it was crazy. Is there, is there a way I can like, ra- like wrap this so I don't accidentally kill like the elf? Oh yeah, no, yeah. There's or, a little there's Cosmo, a turn off switch. Like I might just like turn my back occasionally, and you know, it just pew. There's a lock switch, uh, just right here. Uh, she kind of like goes and like clicks it, and then like when you bend it, it doesn't uh, do it. Just remember to you know turn it off. I'm pretty sure too. If you wanted to modify it to uh, shoot the blade out again, uh, you could probably do that. I trust you to be able to make small modification like that. Basically, it's just the mm-hmm. lock that holds it. Mm-hmm. So small thing. Uh, if you want to do that, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't like I said. I don't know what you need it for, but. And she kind of just like holds her her hand out and like uh, directly with especially specifically with the one that has the the symbol on it uh, holding it out for you to like shake and goes just you know best of luck. Rangrim slaps her hand out of the way and just around the waist just embraces her and hugs her. Yeah, she she kind of like kind of like taking it back for a second, then just kind of like gives you a hug as well. Um, but yeah, so I think that um, I think that that's like the moment I have for day two. So if any, in case anyone else wants to do anything, otherwise we can jump to day three. Uh, the end of day two, uh, knowing that Luther was on his way, Glenn would be setting up um, a small tea kettle and four teacups at the very dusty, destroyed table at Luther's Legends, and would be ready to brew some tea bright and early. I guess then, uh, in the spirit of that. Cosmo would be cleaning up the space. I heard you. Uh, did you? Any of you pick up the door that was like bent and destroyed, like partially on the ground? Did, have you repaired that at all, or is the door still like laying, kicked out? Um, I suppose I would have inspected it, but seeing that I likely can't fix it, would have maybe just hung like a nice, uh, you know, bead. <laughs> bead. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Some doorway beads or like bamboo Amazing. or like yeah something. I love it. Um, yeah, Glenn would Glenn would be setting up like a very nice cordial, you know, like tea set ceremony on the table. You know, maybe it's like a Valiner tradition to 
have tea with your potential enemies. Trying to make it look like he didn't throw a temper tantrum and destroy the whole inside. Right, right. Yeah, just trying to make him forget that he was business, mad. Business as usual. Nothing happened. You yeah, know? not mad. Um, cool. Rangram, what are you doing? Uh, Rangram was, would be making his way over to Luther's after getting the uh, hand from Madge. Uh, except he's just strapping it to his hand. Cool. Okay, so there's a hand on top of your hand and it's attached. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. And he he thinks it's so slick and no one notices. Cool. Um, (laughs) Nice. That's yeah. That no, that's exactly what's going on. Um, (laughs) uh, Cool. So you all are just kind of like setting up, waiting for Luther at this point. Uh, So does Rangrim come over to us with it? Yeah, I think he would be coming over to uh, the like, Luther's Legends, uh, pushing mm-hmm. his way through those beads uh, with this new cool double hand. Just uh, potting those Bob Marley beads. But, uh, oh, Rangrim, that uh, your, your your hand looks great. Oh, it's totally normal. Right, it looks right. Well, mm-hmm. uh, kind of is, is Glenn there? When I'm there. Okay, and he's just like, well, uh. Do we want to stay? It's done. We can we can head for the Dusk Forge. We sure we don't want to stay. Do we want to stay? I forget. I I I think we think we need to just you know face our face the lickings we might get. We need to figure out what the hell is going on with whatever whatever's up north. And Luther seems to be our best lead. But uh, uh, two things gonna happen. He's gonna come in, be real upset with me, and ready to attack me right away, or. Hopefully enough of the good we've done for this town will earn us at least a conversation and the start of an understanding around this what? miscommunication. And I mean, it's Worst not unlikely scenario, to steal a bunch of things. He kills us, but I would like to take a bath in that thing down there before, because that was wonderful. Uh, okay. You want to try to break in before we go? Cosmo, your mom's bathtub just ain't, it just does not, it doesn't, it's not as good as that thing there. Uh, Link in a test. Not that I've never been inside your mother's bathtub, bathtub. Or not, but I, well, I, I don't know. But uh, this is weird. Maybe we should just wait for Luther. Uh, well, uh, pulls a cigarette out of his beard and sits by the door. My shower scene happened in an entirely different location than your mother's bathtub. Let it be known. But well, I, I say that showers. if you all want to break in, go right for it. I would, I would love nothing more. No, I, Cosmo has no intentions to try and break in. Um, it was pretty clear when he locked us out that we weren't allowed to go back in. <laughs> right. And Are you broken uh, the rules? Hold on, guys, I got this thing. Look it. And Rangram just like bent on his wrist with the hand tape to it. Pew. Is it doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's doing it. <laughs> Look at I, I got this thing. I think what? that was a real good use of money, and in no way did you waste your time or our time by showing that. So thank you. Right. Well, I don't just, think so either. Please just just be real careful not to poke out your poke your eye out with it. Is there there's, a space on the there's, door? There's the last where they're normally one last eye. One, there's, the last there's no one. door. Well, oh yeah, there. I mean, I guess there is. There would would have been a latch of some sort uh, that would have been there that's been like destroyed. No door knobs to steal. Mm. Don't you hate that? But it that's you know. Um I think that's it. I don't I don't have anything else. Okay. Um uh, set up a Poe sentry, like the second Luther comes into town, we're gonna know about it. 
Okay, uh, cool. Uh, so I'll say that you all stay there most of the day, uh, and it's getting into a uh, pretty late evening at this point. Um, so do you all want to continue to stay here uh, at this point, and it, who's going to be on first watch? Uh, uh, I will keep watch throughout the entire evening if Glenn could keep watch through the day. Uh, yeah. Ca- Cosmo's like, well, he's gonna be here, guys. There's no reason to keep watch. That just seems suspicious. I just think it'd be wor- or just like, rude not to greet him. It's you know, it's He's just not a- Santa Claus. We don't have to stay up late for him. Well, if he was Santa Claus, if we stayed up late for him, then he wouldn't show up. Exactly. Who is Santa Claus? But he's not Santa Claus. And it's- Glenn brings up a good question. It's a dwarven thing. Don't worry about it. Gotcha. It's a small, big guy with a white beard. You, it, don't worry about it. It's that a sentence was confu- okay. Santa gnome. I, my, my thought process being, I don't want to be asleep when Luther arrives, so but, I will happily wait at daybreak. I don't, I don't know when he's coming to town. Poe's going to let us know. Um, my goal is to make it look like we are welcome here, regardless of whether or not we're actually welcome here. So, if you guys want to head home, see, uh, see your mom and. Maybe visit Madge. Definitely feel free to. I am going to stay here and approach this head-on for the first time in my life with anything ever. Alone. Dear God, someone please stay here. Well, uh, Madge is kind of sick of me, I think. I like hugged her around the waist one time, and she, she walloped me something good in the back of the head. She did not like it. So I'm going to stay here. It leaves with you for a little bit. I'll go buy a one of those mini kegs i'll bring it back and we'll get nice and drunk here tonight and we'll greet luther bright and early no, no dude, don't let tom pick it just get mead mead a dwarven ale don't let tom pick it i swear we 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 mess with you elf because we think it's funny just get regular booze the stuff he makes you is horrible smart the flame of lips not bad but smart and i, I mean when we were at that other place with the dragon born lady what was her name Brody. Uh, 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 Brody. Brody was all right, but Tom can't. He couldn't mix water and water together. It's bad. He tried. It's really bad. I know. I good. know you like him, and I, you don't want to make him feel bad. But we can't do that anymore. Just get a barrel of something. I made it's already a drink. I don't even care what it is. All right, I go get a cask of dwarven mead. No, I go get a cask of really fine wine. Whatever that is. It nice. Yeah. Thematic. I'll say it's I'll say it's not the finest wine. Uh it's been there for a bit. I don't think it gets drunk that much. Uh but yeah, it's it's a little bit past its prime. It's a little vinegary, but I think it's uh it's all right. Um but yeah, you're able to get that all set up in there um and kind of just drink your way uh into the late evening waiting for um waiting for Luther. A uh, roll me a perception check for Poe. Six. For for RP, uh, just for clarity, Cosmo does not stay for the watch. She goes home and goes to bed. Okay. So. I feel like he made his case enough. He to... missed his mom. Well. <laughs> so, uh, while Cosmo uh, sleeps soundly in bed, Rangrim and Glenn uh, kind of tie one on uh, with this uh, mildly vinegary wine uh, sitting at this kind of like 
haphazardly put back together uh, Legends Hall uh, that is, you know, kind of known locally as Luther's Legends. Um, you all are sitting there, you're, you're having conversation, enjoying, uh, enjoying each other's company, and you see the, uh, the ground around you just like, as if there's like being drawn on the ground very quickly in this like blue-green lines. Um, you see these glyphs all around you, all over the ground, just kind of like and drawing, the, filling the entire chamber. Uh, and you have about enough time to look at each other and make about a face that's uh, a facsimile of, oh shit, um, before you both are uh, summarily ejected out of the windows, uh, flying backwards uh, and kind of like, yeah, exactly, like just straight shot out the windows. Um, uh, let make me a uh, make me a, a dex uh, saving throw, Rangram, and as oh, well as you. Exactly. Oh, cool. I'm good at those. I'm great at those. Uh, Nineteen. Five. Uh, so I'll say that, uh, Rangram, you were on the other side of the table when this happened, uh, and you you collide with the uh, the cask of wine and uh, basically knock it flying, uh, covering Glenn as he also is summarily thrown from this building, uh, <laughs> sliding uh, sliding across the ground. Uh, your your white robes covered in this like red uh, liquid. Now uh, you both land on your back, sliding across the ground, looking up at a form that you have not seen in quite a while. This. Uh, broken and beaten, rusted uh, Warforge wearing this tattered uh, duster, this brown duster, with this mastiff Vihander two-handed sword on his back. And he just looks at you both and goes, when I think you boys have something what belongs to me. And that is where we're going to end the session tonight. I imagine that, like, Glenn and Rangrim both, like, slid to him yep. on their backs. Yep. Just like, yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, hey. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, hello. And I just literally just wrote the notes. Yep. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs>